0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.yagain.org. And now, your co hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is Monday, May the 2nd. 2016. I don't know where April went. It seems like it wasn't here no time. But this is May the 2nd, 2016. Our call in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1 and that puts you in queue to talk to us and we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael.
2: Thank you, dear heart. I love your, uh, your voice, honey, on that intro. It's really sweet, really nice. And I love your voice in person, too. But we won't get into that here. Welcome, everybody, to the show. We're honored, delighted that you're with us. The opportunity, once again, to, uh, to play with these ideas and to deepen an understanding of the first century Aramaic forgiveness process, which has... At its root, the ability to restore us to life. You know, get back to this fellow 2,000 years ago named Yeshua. The world calls him Jesus. If you look up the root of Jesus, it's hail Zeus. You know, a Jewish rabbi wasn't very um, saleable. You know, marketing was difficult back then in the Greco-Roman world to sell a rabbi. So they looked around for a name. His name was Yeshua. Yeshua and they looked for something that was saleable. Everybody knew Zeus, and so Hail Zeus, Hey Zeus became the name that stuck. And today, people who think calling on a name is the miracle thing to do are going to be very disappointed when they find out they don't even know his name. And it's interesting. I've gone into circles where uh, I've informed people of that. And, I mean, I'm just reporting history. It can be looked up by anybody. It's not something... I made up, it's just a fact, but it's amazing the resentment and the hostility that comes from people. (gasps) Oh, you want to change his name? It's like, no, no, they did change his name. Let's actually, oh, well, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't change. Okay, fine. Go look at the history. It's interesting how many people just buy a bill of goods that they're sold. They have no idea where the ideas came from. They have no idea what the ideas mean, and they're sure that, their dogma's got to be correct. It's interesting. That's why I think we're up to something like they say, the, uh, you do some research, and we're somewhere in the range of 32,000 sects of Christianity, everyone knowing they're right and everybody else is wrong. Interesting. But very, very little research into the origins of the teaching or what the teaching meant in its actual original context. But, text. but you listen to this man, he says, I come to bring you life. And bring it more abundantly. In other words, I'm going to pull you back from the precipice of death, from your horrible diseases, from your terrible nightmares, from your traumas and relationships, from your family traumas, from your finances. I'm going to show you how to do that. And he did. In fact, if you hear him, after all that he said, and, and people have made him a religious teacher, my offering is he's not a religious teacher. He's a psychologist. He's a physicist. He's a physiologist. He's a geneticist. He knew all those disciplines, knew them in a way that we haven't even started to put them together yet in our modern, so-called modern scientific thinking. Science is as riddled with dogma and doctrine as any religion ever was, but it's the current dogma and doctrine and the current gods that are played with, so everybody goes, oh, well, science, it's, well, It's interesting. When people in the healing fields, especially, become real scientists and tap, tap into real healing, sadly, oftentimes, they are destroyed because they're not following the protocol of the current BS, belief systems. Interesting. But you go back and you hear them saying to Yeshua, this physicist, of all this that you're teaching us, what's most important And the Greeks translate his words as he said, love was most important. Not exactly accurate, but pretty close. What he said was, you must have Rachma. Rachma in Aramaic is an interesting word. If you speak to, at least we've spoken to people in the modern Aramaic communities, Aramaic speaking communities, and we've been told that the meaning of the word has been lost. But that The tradition was that it was the most precious jewel you could possibly possess, rachma. Here's what it is. It's a filter in the frontal lobes of the brain that does two things. It filters out all intentions based in hostility and fear and only allows intentions keyed to love to enter your awareness for use in operating your mind. First order of business. Now, we could spend 10 hours explaining that, but we won't. We'll just throw that out. And then the second thing that it does is it's a gateway. It's a gateway for human life to enter the human form. So love in this case, Rachma in this case, describes an opening in the mind where the fact of human life, human beingness can be experienced. One of the questions that Jeannie asks at the beginning of each Why is this happening to me Again, workshop and some of the others as well is how many have ever held a newborn child. And the people who have, the instant they go back to the holding of the newborn, they smile. I mean, we've had some of the gruffest dudes you've ever met and say, have you ever held a newborn? And all of a sudden, a warmth and a smile crumbles across their face. And then we ask, the, we ask them to describe the essence of the newborn and everybody's answer. There are a lot of different words that are used, but each word is some variation on the theme of love. And then I like to ask the question, now, is that newborn loving you? And they have to say, no, they are love. And here is a way to address one of the key problems in our world today. If you listen to Vladimir Lenin, Vladimir Lenin says the way you destroy a culture is change the meaning of its words. If you've got people believing that love is something they do to each other, If you knock the presence of love, the human life, the beingness out of them and send them off on a journey looking for love in all the wrong places, they will never find it. They will think it's a possession they can get from someone else, an experience they can get from another. And they'll make up all sorts of things and call it love, and it's got nothing to do with love. The newborn isn't loving you, the newborn is love. There's a gateway. And if you keep that gateway active, human life will always remain in your physiology. It doesn't matter what your children do. It doesn't matter what your parents do. It doesn't matter what your spouse or your boss or your government or ISIS does. You will maintain your human life because Rachma is active in you. I was doing some research a couple of days ago. We're working on doing some writing projects with Jeannie working on... Um, Healing Generations, One Breath at a Time. And I'm working on rewriting, why is this happening to me again? And I came across some writing of a man named Dean Ornish. Now, Dean Ornish is a medical doctor. He spent 20 years as a research cardiologist. Now, you'd have to know that somebody who's a research cardiologist uh, was going to tell you well, you know, what's most important to keep your heart healthy is you've got to have this pill or that pill or maybe this surgery or that surgery or we'll clean out this artery or that artery and, and if you have a pain in your heart, we'll go stuck something in it, stick something in there and we'll see if we can get it to, to get the gunk out of there and we'll maybe fix some valves or we'll do some surgery. We'll even replace your heart. Then, then you'll be healthy. You'd think that would be what a research cardiologist would say to you. But let me quote from Dean Ornish's book, And his book is called At the Heart of Healing. And he says, quote, Medicine today tends to focus primarily on the physical and mechanistic. Drugs and surgery, genes and germs, microbes and molecules. However, there is not any other factor in medicine. I mean, get this from a 20-year seasoned cardiologist. There is not any other factor in medicine, not diet, not smoking, not exercise, not stress, not genetics, not drugs, not surgery. Now, that's a lot of nots. That is a greater impact on our quality of life, the incidence of illness and premature death. Wow, this is quite a discovery. He says, none of those things are important relative to this thing in terms of what causes illness and premature death from all causes. And then he says that factor is loneliness and isolation. He goes on to say, love and intimacy, our ability to connect with ourselves and others. Now, what a genius piece of of information for a medical doctor to bring forward. Here's a man who appears to at least have the understanding that yourself is love. And it's the ability to connect with yourself and the ability to connect with the love in others, the truth of being. That's at the root of what makes us sick and what makes us well, what causes sadness and what brings happiness, what makes us suffer and what leads to healing. If a new drug had the same impact, virtually every doctor in the country would be recommending it for his or her patients, and it would be malpractice not to prescribe it. Yet, with few exceptions, we doctors do not learn much about the healing power of love, intimacy, and the transformation in our medical training. He says there's a deep spiritual hunger in this country. The real epidemic in our culture is not only physical heart disease, but also what I call emotional and spiritual heart disease. The profound sense of loneliness, isolation, alienation, and depression that are so prevalent in our culture with the breakdown of social structures that used to provide us with a sense of connection and community. It is, to me, the root of the illness, cynicism, and violence in our society. Wow, what a piece of writing from a seasoned cardiologist, a research cardiologist, that. Pretty powerful stuff. And now, think about it. We live in a culture where, for the average person, the average Joe, it takes two people out working in some sort of job in order to keep a roof over a child's head. And when those two people are out earning money, Because the culture has been so set up that slavery is voluntary, but still slavery. People cannot afford to live without those two incomes. What does the child come home to? I mean, we've even got a word for them. They're called latchkey kids. Do you think that loneliness and isolation, the child that comes home to an empty house Do you think that might be one of the causes of our epidemic in kids killing kids? In kids being drugged out of their minds by doctors? And kids being drugged out of their mind by drug pushers? Do you think that might be the key? And if one has been subject to that, if one has gone through that, how do you solve that dilemma? What do you do? Well, there's, there's a great line in the Course in Miracles that says, in essence, that Rukka, the Greeks call it the Holy Spirit, has preserved your state of being pristine. All the stuff that's happened, all of the drama and trauma of a life cannot touch the truth of who we are. So that truth is intact still today, but covered by that, what Dean calls isolation and loneliness, by the hostilities and fears of a world that impinges its own hostilities and fears on the child in order to force the child to go along with the culture. Fortunately, this man 2,000 years ago which who says precisely what Dean Ornish is saying and many other doctors who are coming through, people usually have had their own healing challenge, But 2,000 years ago, there's a man who said precisely the same thing. Now, he adds a piece of technology that I haven't seen any of the doctors who are doing real healing work today are even aware exists. And it is the technology... For the removal of the pain Of that isolation and loneliness The hostilities and fears Impinged upon our energy field By a world gone mad The technology was disappeared Very shortly after the man named Yeshua Taught the technology Fortunately working with the first century definitions of the words of Yeshua, we've rediscovered that technology and how it works. That's what we're here to share with you. That's what this radio show is about. That's what every aspect of the work that we do is about, is restoring the technology of first century Aramaic forgiveness. Now, you'll notice that we live in a culture that tells us that forgiveness is about how you did something to me that caused me pain. You hurt me. You made me sad. You made me afraid. And then what we're told through this Greek-oriented mindset is all we have to do is forgive. That is, all we have to do is let them off the hook for what they've done to us. So just forgive him. Forgive her. But I can let somebody else off the hook till the cows come home. It's not going to change the content of my mind. And if the content of my mind holds some form of isolation, loneliness, hostility, or fear, then anything in the world that resonates that is going to bring up my hostility, fear, isolation, and loneliness, only because I've been taught by my culture that it's brought on by the world, I'll actually believe that it's there. Who, them who are causing me to do this again and again and again. There's a book about this. You can go to the website, whyagain.org. You can download the book free in many languages. It's called, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? Some people call it, Why Are They Doing This to Me Again? Or, Why Am I Doing This to Myself Again? If there is isolation, loneliness, hostility, or fear in you then you hold an energy that calls to all the world, literally, energetically, um, an energy measurable in the world of physics that sets up a call for someone to come and show you what you're holding on to. And when they do, when they show you your deepest fears, rages, guilts, and griefs, there's your opportunity to work through those fears, rages, guilts, and griefs. But what the world has taught you to do is to blame them. You made me mad, you made me sad, you made me afraid. And we're here to say, that's all a lie. Nobody can make you anything. But certainly a whole procession of people is going to show up that can resonate in you what's already there. If you don't like what's there, then engage in forgiveness. But never forgive them. Well, Michael, that sounds like a conflict because isn't forgiveness about how I let them off the hook? No. That's a Greek idea called pardoning. Remember, Vladimir Lenin changed the meaning of a culture's words. You can destroy the culture. So if you can put hostility or fear in a person's mind day after day after day after day, teach them that there's technology for removing that hostility or fear, then they're going to be stuck in a hostility or fear-based mind. Look at our political leaders, so-called people who are planning to be world leaders. Look at ISIS. Look at these military forces with their hate, with their fear, with their rage, with their pain. With their suffering, coming back from the Middle East today to America and killing themselves at a rate, and I understand this is a very, very conservative estimate, of 25 a day at their own hand ending their lives. What insanity has happened that a young man or a young woman who went over with the best intentions to serve their country comes back so tarnished they actually put a gun in their mouths. What happened? One, they were taught to hate. Two, the fear that was put in them was just horrendous in order to reinforce the hate. And nobody taught them when they came home that those things could be forgiven and it drives people crazy you look at what happens in families you look at the man who left jolly happy family cherished wife cherished child goes off for four years of service and comes back in is suicidal and hangs himself what happened a jolly, cherished, happy, cherishing wife and cherishing child, another energy was impinged upon that man or that woman. And nobody taught them when they came home there was a way to remove it. When you engage in the first century process of forgiveness, you will remove literally your capacity for any form of hostility or fear. Now, it's not a five-minute project. You're not going to do it overnight. It's a process. It takes time. It takes work. We're here to support that work. That's why we're doing this radio show. We're in our sixth year, and I plan to be doing it 60 and 600 years from now. We'll be here to have a conversation, support you in understanding how to change the content of your mind from hostility or fear-based content, if that's where you live, to a love-based mind. We're absolutely here to literally convert the whole world. Now, there's a cheap copy of Conversion. I want you to come into my religion. Excuse me. I'm not interested in what your religion is. I don't care whether you're a Muslim, you're a Jew, you're a Satanist. I don't care. It doesn't matter if you're in pain. There's a technology called forgiveness. You can remove your your fear, your pain, your rage, your guilt, your grief. And when you do, there'll be nothing left of you except love. There'll only be the truth of who you are, and that's still intact no matter what's been laid over your energy field. Now, if there have been a thousand generations in your bloodline who didn't know that, and so you've been loaded up genetically with rage and guilt and grief and murder and all of those silly things, that's going to take some time. My offering is, and many people say, well, gee, Michael, I, I don't know if I've got that long. Well, you know, if you don't do it, where are you going to be? My offering is that, in observing this process over the last 50 years or so of engaging in it myself and developing it is it takes an average, the average person who engages it seriously about five years to really start to make gut-level shifts and comprehend it. They start out making surface shifts, which are awesome, change lives, You know, oftentimes in the first week, but then the next lep- level, the next depth of work needs to be done. So that's what we're here to support. And if you haven't engaged in the forgiveness processes yet, we invite you to go to our website, www.whyagain.org. In the middle of the page, you'll see a bullseye. Click the bullseye, and the bullseye will link you into a whole series of steps for how to engage in forgiveness. The first link will give you chapter 24 of my book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? The second link, We'll tap you into the worksheet process. You can print the latest one off of the website. Third link will tap you into a number of our what we consider to be the most important radio shows we've done, including, I believe, approximately 16 worksheet uh, shows where we've actually walked somebody through the whole wake-up process of forgiveness. So there are at least sixteen hours of free MP three downloads that you can download that will give you instructions for how to forgive and and then there are geez, I don't know, fifteen hundred or so hours of archives of the show. And as you engage in using those tools to start to clean up your life, your mind, then we're here five days a week. Our call in number six four six. 200 to have a personal conversation with you and personally assist you in breaking through whatever your wall is. So that's our purpose for being here. And uh, Jeannie tells us that we've got a couple of hands up, and I know Dr. Tim will say, well, then let's go to the calls if Dr. Tim's there. I hope your picnic went well, Tim, and uh, we'll catch a caller, and then we'll come back and say hello. Jeannie, you've got a caller for us.
1: Yes, the first one is area code
0: 517. You're on the air. Who do we have? Hi, my name is Angie. I'm calling from near Lansing in Michigan. Welcome.
2: Glad to hear your voice, Nancy.
0: Hi, thank you. Um, I'd like to say thank you. I've been listening for a while now, and I know Rex and Mitzi, and hi, guys, if you're listening. Um, <clears throat> this is a beautiful intro today. I'm actually calling in about um, getting some support with the worksheet process. Great. Yeah, I've been I've been working at them uh, for a while now, and I've gone through a couple of them with Rex. And when when I went through it with him, I had these moments, like an aha moment, where I could actually feel the energy shift and you know access the deeper levels. Right. Um, I'm not getting there right now. <laughs> I'm kind of at a um a standstill with that. It's like I'm going through the process, but it's very surface level. Um, I'm not able to reach in underneath. Okay. So That's what do a, I do? Uh, do you go
2: to the support? Do you, well, a couple things. Do you go to the support group?
0: I've been to a few. You, um Okay.
2: I'd suggest suggest that you participate in the support group regularly because that will assist in getting things moving energetically. A couple of things that happen, like for instance, when you're sitting with a a facilitator, when someone's supporting you, whether they're doing it on the phone or doing it in person, you've got someone who is, and, and one of the things we talk about in this work is the fact that whatever's moving in you, if it's hostility or fear, is literally setting up an energy that sprays on your own cellular structure and then sprays on the people around you. If it's love, then it's spraying love into your cellular structure and the people around you. So if you're sitting with someone who's uh, assisting you and supporting you in doing a worksheet, you've got somebody like Rex there uh, who's literally, as you're doing the worksheet, spraying love on you. And what happens when that occurs is it's like, you know, just like water wears away rock over time, there's nothing that resists water. It will cut through anything and everything. So it is with love that love is the the active presence of love is the energy that is a solvent that over time dissolves any form of hostility or fear. So there's a tendency when you've got a facilitator there with you or you're doing a worksheet in a support group because you've got other people that are literally energetically pouring love out of themselves onto you, it tends to accelerate the process. And also as you go through layers of healing as you do the worksheet process, there is oftentimes a place where you kind of hit a plateau where you might do 50 worksheets and go, well, you know, okay, well, I got a little insight. Oh, But, you know, what happened to those huge ahas I had? And then all of a sudden, once you, you break through that next level, bang, then you're creating those ahas on your own so it is a process learning to do it you know it's like like any other skill you know for instance one of the things i'll often say to people i know right now exactly where tiger woods tiger woods is today and you know where he is he's on the golf course he's hitting golf balls he's on the driving range or he's on the putting uh putting green or he's chipping shots, right? I can guarantee it. If we had his phone number and called him right this minute, he might have taken an intermission for lunch, but that's where he is. (laughs) Now, you'd say, well, why would Tiger Woods, I mean, this guy's been playing golf for 20 years, almost all his life. He's one of the best in the world. Why would he have to be on the golf course? Well, that's why he's one of the best in the world. He's he's engaging in a daily practice in order to develop a skill. And as you begin, you know, one of the the biggest challenges – to really effectively doing this work is Satan. And that's kind of a strange word to put into this conversation. But in Aramaic, the word Satan is not a capital S, a dude with a red suit, a tail, and a pitchfork. The word Satan is the resistor, one who misleads. That's what the word Satan means. So you'll notice when somebody, you know, maybe the first time you talk to Rex and maybe you were in sadness or something and Rex said, Well, you know, that sadness is yours, you know do you remember what your mind did for most people it bristled and said, wait a minute. No, no, that's not mine. And then the person went on and told a story. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, remember I told you about how my husband did this and this, and that's what made me sad. And so that's Satan, the resistor. No, it's not me. And then one who misleads. My mind has a whole energetic story about how this is somebody else's fault. And, and breaking through that on your own is more of a challenge than breaking through it with someone who's done the work for decades, which which Rex has, and so creates a different space and a different kind of energy around the whole process. And and as I said earlier, and I don't know how long you've been engaged in the work, but my experience is the average person who takes the tools and really applies them starts to really comprehend and make deeper energetic shifts to get to that stage is about a five-year process. And, and one of the reasons uh, I'd offer for that is because if you sit down and do the math, and I'm just looking it up on my phone because I um, keep the number on my phone, if you look at how many ancestors there are in your genetic structure in just 30 generations, 30 generations. And and this is what you're, as you pick up the baton and do your work, this is what you're working on changing the direction of. In 30 generations, there are 1,073,741,824 people. That means that, and, you know, the geneticists, when they first started, you know, discovering genetics and dealing with genetics, they told us that 95% of our DNA was junk. I think their official numbers now are somewhere around 60%. There's no such thing as junk DNA. You have the most awesome biocomputer that was ever created. If we took every huge Cray computer in the world, linked them all together, it wouldn't match what your biocomputer could do. And it's structured with every thought, every feeling, every reality of every generation in your bloodline. And that's where the resistor inhab- that's what the resistor inhabits. That's what all those generational stories are about. You know if you if you remember there's a there's a metaphorical story about this about the the Jews wandering in the desert and and it says that once they got into the desert they were stuck there for 40 years. Now, if you think about that logically for a minute, you know, this is, the Jews were a pretty bright group of people. How do you get lost in a 30-square-mile area for 40 years? That's ridiculous. They weren't talking about a hot, sandy place. The desert is a code word for the unconscious. And the average person, when they start to open their own unconscious dynamics, something big comes up, something huge comes up, and literally knocks them blotto. That's why support is so necessary. Because the average person, you know, if they start opening that, that, Pandora's box, they start looking in their own desert, their own unconscious, and something painful and traumatic comes up, I mean, they can be lost for years in that energetic pattern. And so it's overcoming the inertia of the past generations, and that's why I say it takes the average person five, in my observation, five to ten years to really start to shift out of that and to stand in a more awakened space where they regularly bring the active presence of love into their physiology and 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 the the more powerful you become at doing that the deeper you're going to go into cleaning out the garbage so the deeper the stuff is that's in the desert that's going to come up for healing and it's a process and i for one feel blessed at having been taught and and come to understand at least some part of the process Because when I first started doing this work, when, when personally, when I would go blotto or, or something would, you know, would go way off base, something, you know, like huge symptoms or, you know, physical, mental, emotional. And I go, what's wrong? I'm doing the right things. Why is this happening to me again? And then as I kept, doing my work and stuck to it and stuck to it i didn't have anybody to explain this to me all this time i started to realize ah it's when i'm doing the right things that i'm coming to a new level of vitality and a new level of vitality is allowing me to go to a new depth of what i need to process and when i process my unconscious i tend to go unconscious ah so now i'm doing more and more of the right things and i'm going into unconsciousness and moving it out and it just you know. And one of the reasons for doing this show is that we can stand here as the reminder and say, oh yeah, great. You're going unconscious. That's beautiful. Now breathe and process through the next layer. And it's, it's just a huge piece of learning to move out of all of that generational inertia into an awakened spiritual state where you consciously purposely move through your own hostilities and fears, literally processing them out of your structure And sometimes those things process out physically They'll show up as physical symptoms Sometimes they'll process out mentally And sometimes they'll process out emotionally And that's the process And you've entered into it And you're on track You're asking the questions And I'm delighted that you're here But that would be my offering.
0: Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. And
2: so we breathe with you. Have you done any still point breathing with Rex yet?
0: Oh, yeah. I've I've been with Rex for a while now.
2: (laughs) Oh, cool. Awesome. Great. Well, you're blessed to have that support. That's fabulous.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much
2: all right delighted and as you're going through your process anywhere we can be of support or you know if you've just got something to celebrate oh i just got in touch with you move through another or call us and share it with us it's that's always inspirational too for people
0: okay great sounds good right. thank
2: you so Liner. much all right bless bye bye. thanks for your call yeah, by the way i'll offer that if uh if anyone is uh is ready to take your work to the next level and move into An intensive situation, we have uh, just finally, you know, we've been in touch with folks who've been expressing an interest in intensives. And this year, seeing as how we haven't been on the road, uh, it's going to be a small intensive season. So we've kind of reworked the whole summer. And we just this weekend came up with our final schedule. So if you're ready to really dig in and take your work into a new place An intensive goes anywhere from nine days. This year we'll be doing uh, a nine-day, why is this happening to me again? We'll do a nine-day laws of, or pardon me, a 16-day laws of living. We'll be doing three days of study on the personal code evaluation, how to understand the personal code evaluation for those who want to teach or those who who are working with people and have the code available to them online and we'll be doing a 10-day food fund forgiveness and work project, which is kind of an economy program for coming to Heartland, and we spend 10 days kind of working on property projects and do workshops in the evening and still point breathing on Saturday. So if you're ready to get into a space where for 9 days or 16 days or 27 days or actually the whole uh, summer program this year is going to be 43 days, if you're ready to get into a space where – You are part of a team that's learning to stay in that connected space of love. And there are others who've been very seasoned to this work who are holding that space of love to support you in processing and do it on a totally fresh and raw diet. Actually, the first 10 days, I was just talking with Ari before the show, and we're going to be doing some awesome food uh, and there will be some cooked food in the 10 day food fund forgiveness. But then for the next uh, 20, what is it, uh, 16, 25, 20, the next 27 days, we'll be doing total fresh and raw food. And this past intensive, we just had uh, just some awesome food. And so the the four uh, pieces that we'll be doing is we'll start off with the 10-day food fund forgiveness, and that'll start on the 1st of August and go through the 10th. That's the economy program, and uh, it's it's a work project during the day and then, as I say, evenings. And so the uh, the whole process for that 10 days is, let's see, I think it's $700. Is that right, Jeannie? $750, pardon me. There it is, yeah. The flyer is on the website. If you go to whyagain.org and you look over to the right, uh, there's some titles. The second section down, you'll see flyers, and that will take you to the the flyer. And then we'll do a nine-day, why is this happening to me again? And we cover a whole series of workshops, and that actually nine different workshops. And that will be from August the 14th to the 22nd. And then we'll do a three-day personal code evaluation training and that's for those who uh, who have either done teacher training or have done laws of living or are planning to or are working with people with these tools. And we set it up so that you can utilize a personal code evaluation with clients. So there will be three days of study on how to interpret and understand that. And that will be August 25th to 27th, so 5, 6, and 7. And then we'll do a 16-day laws of living. And that will go from August 29th to September 13th. And that will be our uh, our summer season. So the 1st of August through the 13th of August will be our dates for, or pardon me, the 13th of September 13th. will be our dates for, uh, for this summer's uh, intensive season. So if you're ready to take things to the next level, we would love to have you it's going to be a smaller season than usual so things will be pretty intense in terms of personal attention with a smaller group and so if you want to join us uh, touch in with Jeannie or myself and uh, let's have a conversation about how to participate one of the things a lot of people talk about is a challenge with money and uh, if you're interested in doing an intensive and money is a problem for you we're happy to work with you to break the the process up into a payment plan that uh, and of course we don't engage in things like interest so uh just a, a payment plan that makes it workable and comfortable for you to do it's uh money becomes part of it because we all have bills to pay and uh 17 acres and 15 buildings don't stay in place cheaply and uh being on the road doesn't uh doesn't handle itself on its by itself so and of course this radio show we do without advertising if you uh if you get uh nurturing and food and support from this we'd appreciate it if you would nurture us back with a little bit of green flow that can always that helps to keep things moving and if you want to do that you can go to whyagain.org and there's a donate button you can just click it and, and uh, do a donation you can do a monthly recurring donation or you can do a a one-time shot if if you're finding that this is really supporting you then we invite you to support it back and uh basically beyond a pretty uh minimal li- uh, lifestyle uh, Jeannie and I, to everything that comes from this work is used to create the next project, the next way to get it to the next group of people. So if you want to help us and support us in that, we would appreciate it. and uh, especially this year with us not being on the road it's uh, it's a little on the skinny side, so that would be helpful. And uh, Jeannie, in the meantime, uh, do you have another caller for us?
1: We actually have three more callers, but one of them is Rex, and he probably has something to say to Angie.
2: Let's go for it, Rex. You're on. Hey there, young man. Welcome. Are you with us, Rex? Well, maybe Rex stepped away from the phone. Should we down. try another number? Oh, I've been mute challenged before. I know that one. <laughs> I'm
3: chatting away, and I've. <laughs> Are you there, Rex?
2: Well, I talking I've done 10 minutes of a show, Rex, and done
3: that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been on the show listening and hoping I was able to hear you, and I wasn't, so I know what you're talking about. Um, yes, I had a, a few things that I wanted to mention. I uh, listened to the show, at least half of it, I haven't gotten all the way through it, but you did on Friday, I think it was, Michael, and I wasn't able to participate. I, I think it was Friday. I don't remember what day it was now, but um, I've got a On the Course of the Miracles? Yes, yes. Wonderful. Yep. I really, really loved listening to what I was able to hear so far. But I want to get back to cool. that. Cause that's really something yeah. that was great, as far as I could tell.
2: I've been kind of thinking um, about uh, about making Mondays Miracle Mondays and doing something in the Course every Monday.
3: Oh, that's cool. I, I find that those years and years and years of study that I've done in the course personally, and then also going through your 36, now we're, we're aging ourselves here a bit, cassette series of the, you know, your reviews with the Course yep. in Miracle class. I mean, just right. remarkable to help me understand that. So, yeah, it's just, I always love, love it when you talk about the course. And I find on a regular basis, almost daily, Phrases and and, and quotes coming to my mind from the course with such a different understanding in the moment when I'm sharing something with a client or just talking and with a friend or something. So it's pretty cool to see right. that. Right. It's a wonderful work. Uh,
2: and I yeah, uh, actually, also, that's one more plate. Uh, just while you were talking about those uh, those mm-hmm. thirty six cassettes, that's one more plate that's sitting out there that we've got to spend one of these days and get those cassettes. Uh, converted over to uh, DVDs because that is an awesome series and I've actually got and I haven't looked at the Masters recently I don't know what kind of shape they're in because they're. They've, this goes back um, geez 30 years ago I don't know whether the Masters are still any good or not but I've got uh, well over a hundred hours of, of Course of Miracles lessons on on uh, tape. That if I could get them, you know, if we had a volunteer that had a technical mind that would convert those, I'd be glad to provide them, and they'd have the material to work with and get them converted to CD, so we could make them available again.
3: Wonderful body of work. That is remarkable. That was so helpful for me during that initial period of time when I was at the beginning phases of my learning and, you know, looking at the course and studying the doing the course and living the course.
2: Building the brain cells.
3: Yep, yep. So I didn't yep, that's a, uh, an I awesome a way to, do I that. to do that. You bet. Um, also um I had raised my hand the other day and I wasn't able to get in because it was such a great program. I had so many people on the program that wanted to share. Uh and so I'm gonna try to pull that back. I made some notes You were talking about premature cognitive decision, and those uh, examples you used, I mean, I've heard the elephant one. I hadn't heard the one with the uh, uh, um, freeze before, which I've used a couple times and just love, and then the others that Jeannie had come up with. I just thought that was a great part of the program, so I wanted to acknowledge that and thank you all for that. We also had our support group that I wanted to mention, and I will get to the part with Angie um, because that is an important piece that I also raised my hand for. So those are the things I'd like to bring out briefly. So how about because Angie was just on the program, uh, I share that. in uh, the question that I, I I had encouraged her in, our co- in a conversation to call in today and raise her hand. And you know how it is with most of us that haven't done it before. We're nervous, we're uncomfortable, and, you know, and so I actually – um, suggested she do that, and she did, which I was really appreciative of. Uh, but I'm She not came sure through really the,
2: strong and clear, didn't she?
3: Yes, she did. She did a great job. Um, I, I think that the question that I was hearing her ask, and when I when I was, I'm inclined to just address the questions right there. But but I was inspired in the moment to just suggest she call the program and ask it. And this is why I raised my hand right away to to make sure the question gets. Ask in the way that I thought it was being asked. That doesn't mean that that's the way Angie was offering it. Um, but uh, so, so the question, as I understood her inquiring to me about, is she's at a place in her, her worksheet process where she is um, having difficulty feeling that sense of aha uh-huh, completion that she had been feeling and had really definitely felt with me when we do it together. Um, but but it's around her not being sure she's identifying the proper goal. And so I think that the question I would ask you to, to um, speak to Michael and Tim and Jeannie, whomever, um, and that is that what is happening and what do we do when we get to a place when we're uh, – we're, we're zinging along, we're moving along, things are happening. I mean, she has had tremendous breakthroughs and results. She's doing really great. Uh, and it, like you pegged it, I think, when you said she reached another level or she's breaking into a new level, that often happens. But that part about when we kind of go like, I just don't seem to be able to pulse the actual goal and I work, I keep coming up with something that is around it. It's almost like an avoidance piece that I'm unable to break through. So that would be how I would right. ask the question. Yeah. So I've okay, got a comment on that. Perfect.
2: Well, here's here's my thought. Uh, one of the skills to be developed in uh, in doing your work, as you know, is the ability to listen to your own words. Sometimes that's a challenge. And so, And and it is so urgent to have the right goal, the, the actual goal that's operative in the moment, because that's the only thing that will, when it's canceled, allow one to collapse into the part of the mind that's up for healing. So it's definitely a big key. And so what I suggest is that rather than intellectually trying to figure it out, that you simply talk about what's going on. And it can be helpful, you know, even if you've got somebody who, you know, if, if someone like yourself isn't available to someone like Angie, she can say to her sister, hey, sis, would you just sit down with me? I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble formulating what my goal is uh, in this worksheet that I'm doing. And I'd just like you to listen and see if you can catch it for me. And then just free flow. Just go into a conversation, you know. When one's doing it on their own, it's like, well, you know, Charlie, he should have, you know, he should have just, uh, well, he could have, well, you know, maybe would have, but if I sit with my sister and say, yeah, and you know that SOB, he just ran off with that friend of mine, and I thought he was in love with me, and uh, and if only he'd just, oh, bingo, there's the goal. So just rather than trying to get into your head about and figure it out, just free-flowing, and that's usually what I'll do with someone when they're having trouble getting it, is just, well, well, tell me about what's going on, and and the goal, just like it, just comes out of their mouths, but it's not necessarily conscious because it's all wrapped up with all these emotions and such. So that would be one of the ways developing the ability to watch one's own language and words, and/or have a support person who will just, you know, feedback. Oh, bingo! There's the core of it. That's it. That makes sense. Yep.
3: That, that that's excellent. Yes, and that's uh, interestingly when you're saying that, I realize more consciously that is kind of almost exactly what I do when I am working with someone and they start yeah. identifying up that. You know, it's, it's to have them, to draw out of them what it is that they really have set as a goal that they may not be aware of and what's the wording. And, and less important as to be proper and most important to be accurate. And, and, and I find yep. that those yep. words are key ways to draw that material out. So that's excellent, the way you suggested that.
2: Yep, that's it. Perfect. Cool. Cool. But did you have another thought for us? Because I know Gene's got a couple more Uh, callers, too. Go for it. Yes,
3: and I'll uh, I'll do my best to move very quickly. Um, We were watching the long of Living video, and we had um, an issue come up around the challenge. This is our support group. The challenge with the ease of moving from that wonderful feeling of connection and expressing his love while in sessions as a therapist or a coach or a counselor or, you know, a mentor. Um, And and we have psychologists, therapists, and all sorts of people in our group that are of of all different professional realms. And and talking about the discussion was about the difficulty with how we can do that in that space. But once we go back out into our world, we have a great deal of difficulty doing it. I'm saying we. I've worked through a lot of that. I still have challenges at times, but it's a lot – it's a smoother transition for me. It's almost like the same thing. But that was a what you topic mean. of discussion. So could you comment on that as well?
2: Sure. Any input? Uh, you know, yes. Yeah, of course. When I'm in support mode, when I'm in teacher mode, I'm in a space where my goals for – my kids, my spouse, my friends, my money, my bank account, my center, my this, my that. Those goals are all set aside and I'm focused on the conversation with this person and presencing love for them. And that's a, once you've entered, once you've done a significant amount of your work and you've entered that practice, it's pretty, pretty easy to do. But When I walk out of the session room, and what hits me in the face is, you know, the smell of the dinner that I don't particularly like, and so there's a little goal about, well, I wanted this for dinner, and I'm frustrated that I'm not getting that. And then the phone call that comes from my son that says, "Oh, Dad, I, you know, you wanted me to do this, and oh, I just didn't get." And that one resonates another little something. And then, you know, the phone call from the ki- the other kid, and then the, you know, the thing on the news where the situation I thought was hoped was going to turn out to. So now all of my 1.7 billion, you know, uh, generations, people in my generations and all the goals from all the time start to move. And it doesn't take a lot of that stuff moving before my nine bit mind is filled with those other resonances. And there's not much room for being to come back in. And that's just the practice of the work, you know, and that's why there's nobody, you know, they they go back 2000 years ago and here's Yeshua and, and they, they refer to him as perfect. And he says, why do you call me perfect? Now, there are people who've got a dogma about this and might be offended when I say this because they don't want to listen to what he said. They want to believe their dogmas and their doctrines instead. But he says, why do you call me perfect? None of us is perfect. Stop lying to yourself. We've all got our stuff. He had his stuff. You know, those who say, no, he did. Well, that's just a lie if you listen to his words. He says, why do you call me perfect? None of us Mm -hmm. is. In other words, we've all got these 1.7 billion people in our genes, and I don't care how many years you've worked at it, you're not finished yet, and neither am I. And, And we've got our work to do. And, of course, that to me is one of the reasons for, for having a support team, for having a connection like we have to create support for, you know, when I can't hold a space of love for my stuff and you've been there for me to support moving that and vice versa. And, you know, that's yep. just the, the power of a community and the support of a community because I don't think there's anybody that can go it alone.
3: Well, I appreciate it greatly, Michael, and I know there's only about uh, Four minutes left, but let's. I, I do have one other thing, but I'll, I will call in again and share it at another time. Hopefully, we can catch at least one more caller. How's okay. that? Awesome. Cool.
2: Thanks, brother. Thank you, sir. Appreciate Thank
1: your you. input. All right.
4: Lessons. Take you care. Bye bye. Jeannie? Area code 312. You're on the air. Hello. Hi. Ari. Well, this is Chef Ari, and I just want to say I have a little issue, just the touch. But there is one time that you came into one of my dinners that you did not say, ah, this is great. Because I never experienced that. So I took that, brought up a little bit in me of like, what are you, kidding? Because I just had to add that in because it never happened. And we had some fabulous meals in Florida. And I thought we just rocked the world. And it was really fun and fabulous. And I love the open kitchen. I thought it was the best thing that ever happened. I just loved that. I thought it brought me in, brought everyone in with me. It was awesome. Uh, It was. And as far as Angie goes, um, the one thing I wanted to add is I've come many times to that plateau and have done worksheets or whatever. I'm doing mind shifters and you get to that plateau. And the thing that has brought me always through, when I think that everything around me is like falling apart a little bit, I've reached it, I can't think, I can't whatever, is the simple word, which I learned a long time ago, but means a ton when you really understand it, is cosmic grease. Because (laughs) you get to that point and you're stuck. And if you could just take out that can of WD-40 and spray yourself, you fly again, it really is the cosmic grease. You need to kind of take a breath and just let fluids come back in and think about almost nothing, and it'll pump up what you need to work on. It is yep. cosmic grease, and I love that word because Definitely. it is what will come naturally. What's yep. that?
2: absolutely that willingness is such a such a big key you're right thanks for bringing that into the because i lose that sometimes
4: when i'm in frustration frustration is coming up within me and i'm focusing on what's coming up within me which i was triggered frustration and i lock into it i just need an oil can to let it go to let me go further and if i don't think about that Cosmic Grease, I sit there like with my fist clenched and I stare at the paper. And that is not a good place for me. No. Uh, I hear you. But that Cosmic Grease brings me through. And it is fantastic. And the other thing I wanted to comment on was something Rex said about 30 seconds. group and, and
2: going to your oh. friends.
4: We're going to lose,
2: our. It just it just told me we got ten seconds, so we're gonna but tomorrow, tomorrow, call in and share the rest of it tomorrow, okay? okay? But Okay, blessings. You got it. Bye bye. We're cut off, bye bye.